You're listening to a message from Pastor Kenny Garrett recorded at a live service at the General Baptist Church God's House of Prayer located in Fairborn, Ohio. Open your Bibles this morning to Mark chapter 12. Stand with me when you get there. We'll talk our yearly talk about giving. Don't make me holler. Don't make me shout. I want you to turn them pockets inside out. Did you hear that, Mom? Pay, pay attention this morning now. We're <laughs> pay attention this morning. Mark chapter 12. We'll be down in verse 41. And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow and she threw in two mites which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she, cat, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Will you bow your heads with me this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for the chance you've given us to assemble here. I pray uh, that you anoint me to preach a message you've given. Anoint ears to hear, hearts to understand. Draw us each closer to one another as you draw us closer to yourself, and we'll never fail to give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. This is one of those passages of Scripture that is often mishandled, but I, I do believe that it's mishandled with the best of intentions. Normally when we read through that, the sermon that follows typically comes down to saying that God does not care how much that you give. And while that's true, I want to explain what Christ is teaching in full this morning about giving. Now, like I said, this is our yearly talk about this. We don't talk too much about giving because... Uh, our focus is remaining in the center of God's will, and we firmly believe that when you do that, that you don't have to worry too much about finances. Uh, but it would be remiss of us. We would not be doing our duty if we didn't talk about this at least every so often so that we grow in Christ. Now, to my knowledge, no one assembled in this room has two or three pumping oil wells, and nobody assembled here, got here this morning in a helicopter or anything like that. Uh, none of us are mega rich, and we understand that. If you asked each one of us privately if we were rich or poor, we would probably answer poor, because rich and poor is a comparative uh, idea. So we instantly identify with the widow in the scriptures this morning. We're kind of engineered to identify with her. And when it comes time for us to give our hard-earned money, we want to use this scripture as proof that it does not matter the size 
of our giving to God. Now, while that's a true statement, again, this is not really what Christ is teaching here. The object of this lesson is that God does not care how much you give, but how you arrived at that decision. So you and I cannot make the same statement that Christ makes here in the Scripture. Christ knows the heart of the people that are walking by and giving into the treasury of the church. He knows their hearts and He knows their motives and He knows how they arrived at the amount that they put in the collection. He knew the widow's heart and He knew the widow's net worth. He knew that she was trying her best in her situation to honor God and honor what God had said about offerings. So this is where her real life situation and what the scriptures tell us to do meet. So many people can tell you all about their lives and all about their personal situations. And many people can tell you what the Bible says and what God has to say on the matter. The blending the two things is sometimes hard work, though. And that's our job. So it's a three-part process when we talk about giving. The first part, you have to ask yourself, are you really the poor widow? The second part, what does the Bible say about offerings and giving and tithing? I'm going to say that word, tithing, right? You guys stay down there and I'll stay up here till this is all over. But what I had to say about that may surprise you if you've never heard me talk about giving. So we ask ourselves, what is, um, and the third part, I'll get to that too, is what do you do with that information once you ask yourself those two questions? So you must be honest about the fact if you really are the poor widow. Now, earlier I said that most of us would describe ourselves as poor, uh, and those are comparisons. You have to compare yourself with other people to arrive at that conclusion. Now, people used to use the term middle class, but in today's economy, I don't know if, I don't even know how you define that anymore. I don't know if that's a reality anymore. It seems as though it's coming back. Praise the Lord for that. It seems as though it's around the corner. So when we compare ourselves to Warren Buffett or Bill Gates, we are poor. We are very poor. When we compare ourselves to a child that is born, lives, and dies on the same space of sidewalk in India, you and I are very, very wealthy. If we compare ourselves to the poor widow, you must understand what the Bible means when it uses the term poor, right? Poor meant the lack of the basic necessities of life. Amen. Poor meant the lack of food, shelter, and clothing. Amen. Poor did not mean the absence of transportation or the absence of Wi-Fi or the absence of cable television. Right? So are we really the poor widow that the Scripture's talking about? I understand that this is part of the this is a part of the sermon that stings a little bit. 
And I could stand up here and try to guilt everybody for not living on bread and water for the rest of their days, but that's not what the Scripture talks about, and it's not uh, how far the Scriptures go. The, the Bible calls us to be very honest about, with ourselves about our situation. Uh, the Bible says in, in the book of Luke, everyone to whom much was given of him, much will be required. And uh, this verse really encompasses more than financial matters. It's truly talking about everything in life that we're stewards of, Amen. that God has given us, that we take care of. And we'll get into that at a later date, but... The poor widow in the scripture this morning was honest about her situation and what she'd been given control of in her life. She was honest with herself what the Bible taught about giving. And the widow's heart was right in her decision to give the two mites. And the Lord was pleased with her stewardship. So you have to be honest to yourself with what the Lord has given you. And then you have to be honest with what the Scripture teaches about giving. Uh, This part gets a little wild because there's a lot of voices to be heard about what the Bible says about giving. Uh, Name it and claim it, preachers, health and wealth, televangelists. Uh, It sounds like we'd like it to be true, right? If we do this, then God will do this. But that's not what the Bible has to say. New Testament believers, you and I, people that are alive today, uh, it's three things. If you remember from this time last year, uh, your offering needs to be joyful, meaningful, and regular. And let's look where we find that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it says, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And that's where the joyful part of the meaningful comes from. Decided in his heart means that you are under no obligation to give a certain amount or a certain percentage. It's a decision between you and God. But it requires you to be honest about your situation. God knows what's in your heart, and he knows what's in your checking account as well. The second part, we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. It says, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. So Paul's telling the church that it's regular. It's the first day of the week. It's repetitious. And that's where the second half of uh, meaningful comes from also, is that it should be substantial enough that you have to plan on it. I want you to think about that. It should be substantial enough that you have to plan for it. You have to set it aside. It's not just an amount that you have lying around. There is a sacrifice involved with giving. So New Testament giving is that simple, joyful, meaningful, and regular. I promised we would talk a little about tithing. And I have to breathe deep, right, and get ready. 
It's not a popular subject. Uh, anytime you talk about tithing, you must go to understand uh, Malachi chapter 3. In verse 8, it says, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But you say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse. For ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me not herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. This is... Uh, mostly the church, right? People who refuse to tithe always say it was an Old Testament practice and it went away with the law. It's not a New Testament practice and it's uh, indirect conflict with the second chapter of Corinthians verse 9. So what do we do? Which one is it? Which one do we pick? Normally preachers and church hierarchy uh, enjoy to, to land on the side of tithing. Right, We say that's, that's the one you go with. Uh, but when you look at the whole Bible, when you weigh it in the context of the New Testament, the Old Testament, you understand that tithing was part of the law, but it also existed before the law. In Genesis chapter 14, it talks about Abraham tithing to Melchizedek. And in Hebrews, Paul uh, ties Melchizedek in with Christ. And it goes on. So the answer to this is sometimes a gray question, and they say, you know, you're left to figure it out on your own. But the reality is found in the book of Luke. In chapter 11, verse 42, Christ says, But woe unto you Pharisees, for ye tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs, and pass over judgment and the love of God. These ought ye to have done, but not leave the other undone. So Christ is saying, these ought ye have done. But if that's where you hang your faith, you're really missing the point. Uh, tithing is God's shared vision of good. It's the amount that you arrive at uh, where you start to enjoy the blessings of life. When you're tithing uh, regularly, you can have a Rolex and a fur coat. And your dog can have a fur coat if that's what you desire. Your little pumpkin gets cold in the winter. You can get her a fur coat and not lose sleep over it. You've been blessed financially and you're enjoying it because you know that you're not robbing God in tithing. If the Lord's blessed you with a job or a business or whatever allows you to earn a comfortable living and you're not tithing, then you have in your possession material that you have stolen from God. You're driving around in stolen cars, you're burning stolen gasoline, you're eating stolen food, you're watching stolen cable, and you're wearing stolen clothes. Now, you may be sitting here thinking that you don't give to the church because they don't do this, or they do this, or they say that, or they don't say this. Um, but you know, 
Don't nitpick the preachers to death to excuse your own sinful ways. That would be my uh, advice to you. Uh, if you don't give here, send it to Jimmy Swaggart or Samaritan's Purse or somewhere else uh, so that you can reconcile your faith with God. I'm very thankful that I share the pulpit here with men who agree with me on that statement. Uh, as long as this church is in the will of God, we will not worry about finances. Amen. And we will not focus on it. We talk about it, like I said, once a year. Here I come with meaningful, regular, and joyful. And that's what it's about. It's between you and God. Uh, I don't we don't, like I said, I share the pulpit with men that agree with that. We're not really concerned over what you give because God's going to prosper the church and prosper the ministry as long as we're in the center of his will. But, but in looking out and teaching the congregation, you have to address this. Uh, I don't want you to think that this is a plea uh, for finances or for larger offerings. It's really about you and God, and it's really about what you decide is joyful, regular, and meaningful, and send it where you want to. Send it uh, where God leads you to send it. Do what the Lord tells you to do. Amen? Amen. The Lord has uh, prospered us as the people of God here on Vine Street. We are up for the year in our giving, and we're also up in the year in our giving out. Uh, so both of those things have increased uh, this year. We as a church um, have a simple rule about spending. We are biblical about it, even if you don't see it or you don't realize it. Uh, our focus is on spreading the gospel, making disciples, not withholding the grain from the oxen. We address hunger and thirst, shelter and sick and those in prison. Those are our scriptural mandates. That's what God has told us to be about. In Matthew chapter 25, he says, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto the least of my, these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. So that is where we are. That's where we are as a people. Um, there is a... There's a lot in the scripture about finances, honest weights, honest measures, uh, that sort of thing. Both Mark and I, have you, have you finished George Mueller's book? I'm a little over halfway. Getting close? It's a faster reader than I am, but uh, an excellent, excellent testimony about the faithfulness of God in finances. When you turn your attention away from uh, things from God to God alone, all the other things get taken care of. Uh, there's not a lot of worry. There's not a lot of uh, stress when you're focused on what God wants you to focus on. And that's where our growth comes from as Christians, as individuals, uh, because giving uh, is a mirror of what we truly believe. It is a mirror of what we truly have faith in. And that's why we talk about it this morning. Uh, like I said, it, it's not a plea for 
larger offerings, or I don't think you're giving enough. Uh, we're blessed by being in this church together. We are here with some very, very generous, scriptural, loving people. And I praise the Lord for that. Everybody's doing well, but uh, we have to address it once a year, like I said. Stand with me this morning.